Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,484. Success not final, failure not fatal, it is the courage that counts. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest, Frank Lloyds. He's calling in from beautiful Arizona, Chandler, Arizona today, where I'll bet it's nice and sunny compared to, well, it's a little sunny here, not too bad. Frank Lloyds is a 28-year member of the automotive service industry. He is the COO of nationally recognized, award-winning Desert Car Care of Chandler, in Arizona, a seven-bay top 100% national gross revenue shop. He served as president of the Phoenix chapter of the Automotive Service Association and was elected and still serves on the National ASA Mechanical Operations Committee, representing over 5,000 independent garage owners across the country. In 2016, he launched Wrench Nation, which features an award-winning Wrench Nation car talk radio show with Frank as the host, airing weekly on 88.7 FM, The Pulse. Frank is a car care expert for Phoenix Metro TV Networks and serves as an industry expert on various panels and represents at automotive conferences at Runch, ASA National, and Apex. I'll be back in just a minute to introduce Frank, but first a word from our valued sponsors here at Cars Yeah that make this show possible. Hey Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark it Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, Cars Yeah race fans. Andy Collins, owner of Armadillo Racing, is a past guest here on Cars Yeah. Last year, I was honored to be a speaker at his high-performance racing seminar. And having attended, I can tell you it's an invaluable learning experience if you love to race. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Armadillo's high-performance racing seminars, and it takes place Saturday February 8th in Tacoma, Washington. For your seminar fee, you'll spend a day with four of racing's premier professionals on how to improve your driving and much, much more. This year's outstanding speaker lineup include Jacques Delari, Ph.D., world-renowned high-performance driving and life coach, Jeff Braun, a race engineer with a history at Core Racing and IMSA, Ross Bentley, top driving coach, author of world-renowned Speed Secrets and a fellow podcaster, and Dan Davis, retired director of motorsports 
for Ford Motor Company. All of these incredible racing experts are past guests here on Cars Yeah. As an added bonus for Cars Yeah listeners, you'll get to join these speakers at the Friday night reception at the incredible LeMay Car Museum for free. That's right. It's a $50 value if you sign up by January 15th. What a deal. Go to Armadillo Racing's website and register. That's armadilloracing.com. Hey, Frank, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right, we're going to have some fun. So, Frank, before I jump into some of my questions, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, so, you know, I, I started my first garage in 1995 um, in the industry since 1990, making a ton of mistakes as a as sort of a 25-year-old uh, getting into business back in the day. <laughs> sure. yeah. And, um, you know, from there on, you know, nothing but open heart, open mind to learning and growing, learning and growing. And I think, uh, you know, my experience and a lot of our listeners can relate is no matter the thing we do, whether we basket weave or make widgets or fix cars, <laughs> boy, oh boy, we better be open to learning and growing. <laughs> so. Yeah, boy. You know, that's the key to success, I think, for most people. And Absolutely. Uh, it's something I've heard over and over here again. Hey, tell our listeners one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Frank. Well, I'm a jazz trombonist, man. I started. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've played Carnegie Hall and... Avery Whoa. Fisher, Alice Tully played with Tito Puente, Dizzy Gillespie, Lionel Hampton. My life was music before I got Whoa. into this uh, crazy world of automotive. And, you know, I still play, but not many folks know. In fact, uh, many of our listeners may may be familiar with uh, Brother J.D. from Wrench Wars. Oh, yeah. He actually stopped by in the garage. He's a bass player. So why not? A bunch of wrenches getting together and having a little old jam session. So well, that's gee. probably something folks don't know. I'm a jazz trombonist. That's very cool. I'll have to uh, yeah. cruise in when he's there, bring my guitar and we'll, uh, we'll yeah, we'll have a jam session. Stuff. Always. That sounds fun. <laughs> very cool. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, as we continue on this journey, we call your life. I think we're in for a lot of fun surprises here today. I would love for you to share a mantra or success quote, something that has some value to you. It's a great way to get the uh, wrenches spinning here on cars. Yeah. So Frank, grab the wheel. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and actually, this mantra is laid up in the garage as each technician passes through the door up to our office lounge area. Nice. And that quote by Winston Churchill resounds with us every single day from a business perspective and even a personal perspective, and that success not final, failure not fatal, it is the courage that counts. You know, no matter what we do in life, we sort of have to embrace the fact is it's going to be up and down and up and down, and at the end of the day, we, we've got to show up and just have the courage to do what's right and have the courage to, to show up. You know, I think many of us sometimes, we get so beaten, you know, and we decide that, Hey, you know, this is not for me. And sometimes we quit at opportune times where, you know, there's opportunity lying in that failure moment, you know. And so that, that's a quote that I really, uh, has stuck with me. There are many quotes out there, but that quote there is really, uh, hits home for me personally, as well as, uh, sort of a mantra within our organization. You know, I've got to think that's extremely uplifting for your folks that you work with, your associates, but also your customers to see something like that. It's a great reminder that during this uh, thing we call life and work and 
in everything else that, yeah, there's always going to be something that might kind of push you back, but don't let it stop you. I love that imagery that came up as you were describing that of the guy digging underground. He's literally three picks away from hitting the goal mine and he stops. Yeah, I think time time plays on us. I have a lot of younger technicians, and in fact, for the past five years strong, we have mentored younger students. In fact, I have a female uh, technician who is 18 years old, and she has been told no. Everywhere she goes, they say, no, you cannot touch a car. You won't be successful. You name it, they told her. And she met the criteria. She interviewed very well, and she's been with us for six months. And so for a younger person like that to actually be able to realize that, you know, it's going to take time to build up, build up a skill set. No matter the complexity of today's vehicles, it's still a trade. We still have to sort of practice, if you will, right, and get it right. And so for her to be able to see that and for me to kind of nudge her once in a while when she's having a bad day, I, I think, look, Winston Churchill, I mean, he's the man, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Uh-huh. and there are many other quotes out there, but th- this really hits home for a lot of us. You know, I think it's great. I've had hundreds of women on the show here, and I really love the fact that women are coming into the automotive sector more and more these days. We've got champions out there, and I've had many on my show that uh, are operating bu- businesses like Tech Force. We've got Lynn St. James, you know, the great racer yeah. who's out there supporting uh, young women and young people in general, but women. So I think it's really great. And I've had some uh, wrenchers, as you call them, mechanics, technicians uh, on this show that are women that said, yeah, I've had to overcome a lot of stuff. You know, guys will come in and go, why do you have a girl working on my car? And yeah. uh, they have to kind of go prove themselves and say, well, I, I can do a great job. I'll tell you a fun story. I was visiting the, the Ducati Motorcycle Museum in Italy. And I got a private tour. I was really lucky because they lumped me in with this giant group of high school kids who were out of control. And <laughs> one of the, the guys came over and said, you know what? How about if I find someone to take you on a tour? Because this is going to be hard for you to kind of deal with. I said, thank you. And uh, a really, really bright young woman took me on a tour. And as we're going through that factory, I noticed I didn't see too many women until we got to the wiring part where all the electronics go on the bikes. And it was all women. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is very interesting. I haven't seen too many women, and now it's nothing but women. And she kind of smiled, and she said, well, we found that women are much more meticulous and focused on details than men. The attention and, to detail, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why they make great moms, right? And, uh, yeah, no doubt. You know? And you know what I say to that, uh, on that story there, yeah. I think that globally, yeah, there's a movement, but I still think we're not doing enough. You oh, know, on not. the level of mentorship, right? And I, and absolutely the RPM Foundation, uh, Jennifer Maher with Tech Force Foundation, yep. Yep. they're all creating these great movements, but I still don't believe that we're, we're at part of what, you know, I'm trying to sort of encourage and create some action. And really it's not through the talk side or just, you know, posting up something that seems to be pretty interesting. It's actually the act like, hey, if we can do this by way of, you know, the mantra should go from now hiring to now mentoring, and we need to do a whole lot better job, whether it's the aftermarket or the OEs, and yeah. we need to embrace that, especially during this shortage of technicians that we're, oh, you know, gosh, that we're going yeah. through. That's, uh, that's the reality. Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, those, those wonderful women you mentioned, yeah, they've all been guests here on the show, great people, powerful people, and they're doing tremendous things for uh Young and old people. I mean, you know, it's not too late to change Absolutely. If you're, when, you, uh, when you mention old, um, well, I'm <laughs> careful how I say that, right? I'll, talk, I'll, I'll speak for myself. 
So, um, John, I got to mention Johnny Martinez, right? Uh-huh. Fella out of works together with Ken Vela and Fireball. They do a wonderful job, Southern oh, California. Yeah. Yeah. They do the Wheels and Waves. Well, I met. We're out there doing the Wheels and Waves, and I met up with this this cat, Johnny Martinez. He, we actually had to bring him on the show because his story spoke to the fact that you are never too old. This man picked up the art of pinstriping at the age of sixty. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and he does an amazing job. And, and in fact, uh, you know, that's the inspiration. And that's why I've always believed whether you're in the base uh, servicing sort of standard retail or working on an old classic, there's so much as an industry that we have to offer um, for the future, not just youngsters, but many that are, let's say, in retirement mode that may decide, hey, you know what, this is a great part-time gig for me. Yeah, you know, and I think it's great concept too. Uh, my sister retired, spent about four months and said, okay, I'm bored and uh, started her own business, uh, helping older people with their health concerns and issues and getting them into exercise and good nutrition and so forth. She was a, bless her heart, she was a special ed teacher for 35 years. I'm wow. very, yeah. very special person uh, to devote her life to that. And you know, now she's in her second career, which is just great. So it's never too late. And we're all it's living longer these days, thank goodness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, never too late. Well, let's talk about a couple of your businesses here and tell me what has you excited in this new year. We're in a new decade, 2020. I can't believe it. So talk a little bit about Desert Car Care of Chandler there in Arizona and also Wrench Nation so my listeners can learn more about what has you excited and fired up. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, my first garage in 1995 was a small small venture. In fact, I, I almost left the industry completely, right? And and my wife and I sat around and said, you know, I was working for a dealership, was taken over by a big corporate conglomerate, and they had transferred me uh, to an, another dealership, and mm-hmm. there really was no job. I towed my toolbox, and they said, well, you know, there must be a misunderstanding. So literally, I was fired with, uh, you know, with the tools oh, on no. a toolbox. Yeah, that was horrible. And I had about five years, you know, into it. I started in 1990, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is, you know, maybe maybe my calling is to go back to New York City and be a broke trombone player <laughs> and just go for it, you know? Yeah. But I, I sat with my wife, and, you know, we both decided to jump in and, and start uh, what was performance car care way back in the mid nineties. And, you know, it was a little two bay shop. I remember our first gig paying gig was a, a, a sobby heater core. It was, it was pretty intense, but we got paid for it. It was like, okay, great. I can actually, like, I, I made most of my rent on one job. That's great. But, you know, making lots of mistakes, not really understanding the key health indicators to a business. And I think now a part of my mission working with a lot of garages across the country is you can be absolutely great at what you do as a ranch, but if you don't identify with cash flow and marketing and operations and how to position yourself in a market, not to be the cheapest guy, but to be fair, profitable, and sustainable by way of, you know, technicians that are good and you can actually afford to pay, you know. So it took many years to learn that. We started our first garage. I sold that in 03, 04, and then started the Desert Car Care brand. You know, since we're a, a top 10 uh, auto automotive service uh, by ranking Arizona with Small Business of the Year, I do a lot of work in the community. Um, a lot of what we do, which is incredible as a small business, is, is to be able to funnel that back. You know, we give cars away during the year. You know, I'll hear a story of an individual 
individual that, you know, in fact, I bring up uh, a hairstylist that I was going to and, and, you know, she's taking a bus for an hour and a half to get to work. And every time I see her, she has this glow and this positive, you know, sort of spirit. But she's saying, hey, I've got to travel three hours a day. So, bam. Boom, we get a car, we excite her, we surprise her, and she's in it. I mean, and those are the little things that we can do. And and those stories are on and on about, you know, what we're about. Like, we forget sometimes that we actually fix cars really well, you know, and, and it's really a vessel for community. I take a lot of pride in that because what I tell my crew is that you have a skill set. And most people think on the charitable side, oh, I got to donate money and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, man, you can donate your time and your skill set to make a difference in your immediate community. So to me, that's important. And so our business has grown from that. And at one point, I had three locations and quickly learned. I did well with it, but quickly learned, you know, I'm not a multi-store guy. You know, I like to have one. And so I sold two of those locations and now have the one desert car care. We've got nine lifts. We're a 5,000 square foot facility. Um, we manage it very, you know, very tightly. In fact, um, we believe in technology. Uh, when you call for services and you've been in before, your records will pop up on the screen so we know who you are before we answer the phone. We do digital inspections by way of bolt-on technology, so we're actually able to, you know, send you a text message in a nice organized fashion of, you know, what your car uh, needs, what your car doesn't need and, and things like that. So I, I think today's day and age with technology, transparency is really key. So if we can embrace that technology, you know, that's huge. And, you know, one of the things about the garage, which I find what keeps me waking up every day, because one would say, okay, you're working on cars. Does that ever get boring? You know, this, you know, you get kind of the same type of pattern things. And it's not so much working on the cars, it's working on the people. <laughs> and that's what I love. That's what I love. And, and I, I know that, you know, gosh, we all we all understand and can identify that every car has a story. And that's what makes, you know, that's what makes the industry special, whether you're working on a classic or an eclectic or, you know, an F-150. It's it's really the story behind the individual that owns the car. It's the it's sort of the, the camaraderie that we're all coming together to to seek a common goal you know, whether it's fixing a clutch or a little old headlight bulb, you know. So, you know, to me, that's what keeps me going. And so what I recognized about three, four years ago is this need to sort of plug in there with many other greats, including yourself, Mark, with sort of spreading the word uh, of the industry and those great stories. And we started Wrench Nation. And I decided that, you know, look, there are many car talk shows out there that, you know, uh, spend 60 minutes on how to fix the car. And I really didn't want to go there. I wanted to interview and take folks on an automotive journey and have, you know, guests. Uh, we've had mutual guests like Vidita Singh out of wow. out of India, yeah. who is an automotive <laughs> artist, or oh, yeah. a Derek Daly, Formula One, or yeah. a local rock star uh, garage owner who's doing incredible things. So by laying out a footprint and taking folks on a, on a journey, I, I think that not only helps face value of, of sort of having that story, but also gives us an impression where it's so needed amongst our youth in terms of automotive culture. And, you know, 
I've heard this before, and I, I ask a lot of our guests, you know, what their thought is, and, and overwhelmingly, they say, you know, hashtag fake news. If you think culture, automotive culture is going away, it certainly isn't, no matter what you do in the business. And I think that our platform is able to help propel uh, the future of the industry. And you know what? Have fun with it. You know, one thing about automotive folks you know, we're not too full of ourselves. And I'm not knocking my, my, my industry types in, in the financial sector. That's a whole different ballgame. Um, but we're having fun. It's not a perfect science. And, and I think when we get together, you know, you mentioned someone that you knew that got into healthcare, like throw in a couple of automotive people in that scenario and look out. We're going we're gonna to make changes. We're going to make it happen. Throw <laughs> automotive people in government. Let us take care of it because we'll get it done. <laughs> well, yeah. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Mark, well, and by the way, you got my vote, brother. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm not going anywhere near politics. That's a, that's a weird, wacky world, my friend. Yeah, it of, is. Of, no doubt. Yeah. No talk doubt. about people sitting around not doing anything all day. Uh, <laughs> but we won't go there. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt and it's probably the only book on finance with a vmax on the front cover and a classic mini cooper on the back the book's available at amazon for just ten dollars and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future i gave copies to each of my children all securities are through money concepts capital corp christopher kimball financial services is not affiliated with money concepts capital corp get your copy the saga of ike and penny today All right, Frank, we're back. 
You know, uh, we talked a lot about your business and what you're doing, but I want you to share a tough time in your life, maybe a big failure, a big challenge you faced. And the reason I'm asking you this is more to share what the outcome was, the learning lesson, because I think you're the kind of guy that loves to learn. You talked about that in the beginning. So walk us through one of those times in your life. Tell us how you came out on the positive side on the other end. Well, the contrast of my first business back in 95 to what it is today, and of course, it's today, it's still ever-evolving and growing. And the first business that I had, I had no sense of key health indicators, you know, how to price a labor rate, what is a, you know, gross profit to both parts and, you know, labor GP, uh, how does that look? You know, what's a facility percentage utilization number before one decides that they're doing really well and they want to expand to only find out that they're really only running half capacity of what they potentially could at their current brick and mortar. So that to me was very challenging. Um, I ultimately ended up in a coaching group, which was phenomenal for me, Arlo O'Connor coaching group uh, many years ago. And so that's when I started to dive into sort of the accounting, all that boring stuff. In fact, all that stuff that really speaks the truth about who you are. You know, as business people, we have a tendency, you know, we've got to be right. After all, we're in business. You know, I open the, right? Isn't that the case sometimes? And and so when you reflect the hard truth about the numbers and those key health indicators to your business, that makes all the world of a difference. And, you know, look, that's how you can grow. And so that to me was a very challenging time because, you know, when you look at the accounting principles of a business, you actually tear into the accounting of your own spirit. Are you lying to yourself? You know, just because you have a lot of cars in front of your bays doesn't mean you're making money. And so, those are really critical. And, and you got to re- remember, and I say this because I know a lot of our listeners right now are probably experiencing something to the same or have experienced it. You know, I missed the first three years of my daughter's life because I was an 18-hour-a-day guy. My wife was saying, hey, what's going on here? I mean, is this a hobby or are you are you turning a profit? And so to be able to transition from the passion of helping people and actually working on cars to being a profitable business, you know, to me, that was one of the most difficult times because you have to shed down to the core spirit of who you are and the truth of your why and the truth of of actually doing something to not only make a difference for your own family, but you, you're responsible for everybody in your organization, you know, and so that to me was one of the more uh, challenging times that I'm so grateful for today. You know, I hear this Quite a bit, especially when you talk about somebody who's an artisan, technician, like a fabricator, a designer, a mechanic, a technician, uh, whatever it might be, is they think because they're really good at that, they can go out and start a business. And they don't get that business acumen down. They don't understand it. So you drop some huge golden nuggets that are so, so important for people listening out there. And what you did was the best thing. You know, listeners, if you find yourself in this this boat. You can't figure out, I'm so busy all the time, but I'm not being profitable and I I don't have a life outside of my business. Reach out to people because there are lots of people out there willing to help. Look for those who are successful. Most of them will give you your time. Our people will always give you their time. They just do Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very important. 
How about a story that instigated this passion that you have for cars? I know you were a musician. You'll always be a musician, of course. Once you are one, it's always in your blood. But is there a pivotal moment in your life that you knew you were going to be a car guy? (laughs) I got to laugh because, um, you know, I I, got to say almost no. I mean, my car life was a New York City subway car. <laughs> well, I was going to say New York. Who has cars there, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I think I remember one time, one of my buddies from Long Island, he got himself a Camaro. I had no relationship with cars. I mean, yeah, I would see a nice looking car. Okay, great. Beautiful. Chrome. Yada, yada, yada. But I think he had told me, hey, do me a favor and park this thing. I've got to run in. He was, you know, he's going to work or whatnot. And yeah. so here I am. What What does a young male do, right? Oh, yeah, we can do anything. <laughs> and so I attempted to park this thing, damaged the rear bumper on it. And I was like deathly afraid to drive anything from that point. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But I, you know, my association with cars and, and God bless my father-in-law. He was a mechanic. I, I owe a lot to him when I first started. Uh, coming out of the military, I was in San Diego, I was in the Navy, came back from the Persian Gulf, and I was like, you know, really, I mean, I was a signalman in the Navy, Mark. I mean, go figure. They wow. used to, they called us the skivvy waivers, right? You know, <laughs> how can you translate Morse code and, and sort of these allied signal flags, World War II Navy, into yeah. an actual career? And so I was kind of pissing in the wind, if you will, and I met You mean you couldn't find father. a job waving <laughs> I your underwear find, around? No, I couldn't wave. Exactly. Really? Yeah, you I'm know, I, I, could you imagine that? I mean, I had little gigs here and there, but I <laughs> ultimately, uh, you know, going from California, it was so funny because back in the day I got out of the Navy and I, you know, I'm looking at these what I thought was apartments in Coronado and they were like $3 million condos I'm like oh no I can't Coronado. afford to live yeah. here that's the high rent district part of San exactly. Diego <laughs> so I actually hooked up with my father-in-law and I and I, I gotta tell you I hated it I, I just didn't really care for wrenching he was very primitive in how he ran his operation very you know it wasn't very high tech and it was you know doing valve jobs all day long and yanking motors and I and my hands are getting dirty, and I just it it just didn't it didn't connect with me. But his spirit for business did, and I, and I saw that, and I, you know, that kept me going every day. And so what did it for me was the formality. The eve of my honeymoon, I said, man, I can't work for family. I was working in his garage. I mean, I love the guy. God bless the guy. But I knew as much that. You know, whether they were basket weaving or cranking out work on cars, I couldn't work for family. And the eve of my honeymoon, I did a follow-up interview with a Chevrolet dealership, and that's where I got my formal training. And that's where I said, oh, wow, this is pretty technical. This is something I could do. And, it, you know, there was more formality to it. So, you know, that that's kind of my, my vibe on it. And honestly, I, I didn't I didn't start off to say, hey, 10 years from now, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be on a path to do this. And the whole transition to business, I mean, I was 25 years old. It was like, you know, we had $6,000 to open up our first garage. It was nothing. I mean, I had two bays, a broken lift, a, a little fishing box for tools and a lot of heart and, and naivete, if you will. And I think, hey, sometimes that doesn't hurt. I mean, as long as you realize, hey, you you got to get on track or else it is a hobby and, um, you know, your family's going to be left out in the cold. <laughs> fun, fun story. Well, thank you for yeah. your service in the Navy. I appreciate yeah, that very much. Having you. grown up in San Diego, being around a lot of Navy folks and getting to go out on 
Uh, some cool, cool ships got to spend a day on the USS Ticonderoga, which is a an oh, old, yeah. it's, it's now out of service, but it was an aircraft carrier. And uh, having been on others, uh, a lot of great people uh, in all branches. My father-in-law was in the Marine Corps. So, of course, that's a branch of the Navy. So, uh, yes, it is. To the Marines out there. Absolutely. <laughs> that's it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. Is is there a first very special vehicle in your life, a car you've owned that you really, really well, want? Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, the first car I had was I, I was pushing this car more than I was driving it. <laughs> it was a late 70s, big old Ford Thunder Chicken, I call it. It was a Thunderbird. Um, it wasn't very special, but it gave me what what sort of kept me going with this car was the fact that, boy, I'm gaining more skill set here working on this thing <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, more no than I was. But I, I want to share the, the first car, not so much the badge of the car, but the win for me, and I think many that are listening now that... I'm actually in my own car, regardless of what it is, and that was a Suzuki Swift, <laughs> which oh. is basically a little old Geo Metro, you know, three-cylinder. And what made it special, coming from New York, never really have driven, always depending on subways, I was in California, and you got to remember, uh, military, you're good for a few things. One of those is a steady paycheck. So the salespeople would come on the boat and say, mm-hmm. hey, I got a deal for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to share the story. So I, I, I got this beautiful red Suzuki Swift. I bought it with my own money, my own credit, and it was a stick, right? So yeah. the guy said, hey, can you drive a stick? And again, I go back to what a, what a young Males in the young 20s say, oh, yeah, I got this. Well, I drove this thing downtown San Diego, cruising with my red Suzuki Swift, and I'm smelling something, and I'm saying, oh, my Lord, this thing, it smells like something's burning. I got to take it back. They sold me a lemon. So I take it back, and uh, I said, hey, uh, I had no idea. I said, listen, I thought it was like buying a pair of jeans. Just take it back. It's got a hole in it. (laughs) He said, no, you schmuck. You burnt the clutch. Yeah. I was starting in second gear. <laughs> oh, so yeah. anyway, wow. that's my little story, my little Suzuki Swift. <laughs> we all learn. You know, my listeners have heard this. Uh, I bought a Carmagee in high school. My mom drove me over to Point Loma. I was living, uh-huh. We were living in La Jolla and I uh, drove this. Well, I didn't drive it. The guy drove it. And I said, yeah, this is cool. It's like a poor man's Porsche. And so we bought it, and then my mom said, see you at home. And I go, oh, I don't know if I to drive a stick shift. And <laughs> the guy said, well, I'll take you around the block and teach you. So he took me on one spin of the block and said, have fun, kid. Good luck. And uh, I think I stalled it at every intersection between Point Loma and La Jolla, but I got home. Oh, wow, that's so, the way you learn yeah, on a clutch, that's, man. That's I tell you. Learn. Yeah, Volkswagen's are easy. <laughs> Here's a very introspective question for you, Frank. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car parked in one of your bays there at your shop, what would Frank be and why? Well, I'd probably say uh, 1949 chopped Merc with a little John D'Agostino touch. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I like John it. is listening, that yeah. day will come soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's but been a guest here. I got kids to get through college. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I've been there, done that, my friend. Yeah, whatever you're saving, triple it because it's not going to be enough. Um, I just love yeah. that era of the body styling, certainly tubbed out and, yeah. you know, slammed to the ground with a nice air ride system set up and the chrome for days. I just would love to be 
a 49 Merc. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I think cool. it's, uh, speaks of, uh, you know, being large and bold. And I, I think some of that, some of that is my character. So 49 Chop Merc, man, that would be me. <laughs> that fits, baby. Well, you know, John, he's been a guest here on the show and I ran into him at the, uh, Mission Classic during Car Week, uh, Pebble Beach Car Week, and, uh, had Rich Pep and a uh, group of people that have, a lot of people were there that have been on my show and got to talk with John and uh, kind of in that setting and so forth and talk about some of the cars there. He had one of his cars there. So that would be pretty darn nice. That guy knows how to build cars. That's for He's sure. He's an incredible talent. We've also yeah. had the honor of having him on the show about, I want to say about a little over a year ago. And mm-hmm. uh, his, his, his eye for uh, detail is incredible and it's sort of that artistry. And I think the business side of making it happen, I think a lot of us get into these build projects and, you know, we, we fall into the trap of where, you know, we didn't sub out right or didn't have the right connection to do something oh, that yeah. we wanted that vision for. So, yeah, he's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah, he's a legend for sure. Well, Frank, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some real quick blips of that beautiful chopped Merc throttle. So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Four o'clock in the morning, I get up every morning and I stretch and do some sort of physical activity. Swimming, I love to swim. And so, you know, I try to start my day out with a with physical activity um, before doing anything else. There you go. If you could uh, sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Well, I tell you, for me, I would have loved to sit down with uh, Ford Motor Company's iconic, iconic Model T <laughs> individual, Henry Ford. I mean... To me, that would be an incredible time to just sit and have a drink and, and not only talk about the Tin Lizzie and, but really how he was able to bring, uh, such an evolution, uh, to the common individual yeah. by way of, oh, man. absolutely yeah. mind blowing. How about the best automotive advice you've ever received from someone else? Yeah. So I, when I first went into business, um, I had this gentleman, um, who had been retired from the automotive business and he said, you know, keep a whole bowl of candy up front. If they ever want to yell at you, give them candy. They can't <laughs> yell at you if they're eating candy. <laughs> so there you have it. I keep candy at the counter. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I mentioned, um, uh, Carl uh, Sewell in the last interview I did this morning with a gentleman. Um, who has a, a business, um, uh, e-auto or e-leasing auto where they, um, lease cars, buy cars, sell cars all online. And Carl Sewell wrote a great book. You've probably read it, um, Customers for Life. Mm-hmm. And wonderful mm-hmm. book. And, and that's one of the things he, he says is put a little thing of chocolates where people go and pay their bill because it's hard for them to complain when they're eating chocolate and it makes that bill paying process a little sweeter. So uh, yeah, I have to add, it also does well by our part drivers, right? Because they're putting us high on the list for delivery because they know yeah. they're going to get a treat. Yeah, a little treat. Yeah. Yeah. Pavlov's yeah. dog uh, phenomenon going on there. I think yeah. that's great. It's great. How about a, a great resource that uh, go to for you or one you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, um, I would say to many of the professional automotive technicians out there, ASA, Automotive Service Association, uh, is a great outlet uh, where you can literally pick up a phone and get 
advice and help through some of the challenges that, quite frankly, all of us have in the industry, and that's ASAShop.org. Great resource for members, uh, shop owners, uh, both on the collision side and on the mechanical side, yeah. uh, educational events. There's so many tools and resources from that. So ASAShop.org. Absolutely. And I'll add to that a little something called Wrench Nation you guys should check out. That, <laughs> yeah. uh, Frank well, is I on. appreciate that. Well, yeah. of course, of course. All about uh, inspiring other people through my inspiring guests here. Uh, how about a book? Is there a book? I mentioned Carl Sewell's book, but there's a book you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, not off the top of my mind that I can think of other than I will tell you what I keep daily, and this may sound silly. I love a good old-fashioned dictionary that has synonyms to help <laughs> me with my, not only pronunciation, but, uh, you know, to grow my, my verbiage. Yes, your verbiage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's one of those great things to have. And, uh, you know, it's super is these computers we work on every day. I just updated my iMac after 10 years and, you know, traded <laughs> my, my old tin Lizzie for a brand new one. And, uh, I mean, boy, the operating system is I was like four operating systems behind. And, and one of the cool things they have is you can just uh, talk to it now like you can your phones. It's and ask, crazy. How, yeah. How do, I, how do I spell? What's define this? And, I just, I, and I, I, I bring it up, Mark, because my daughter currently, who's 11, everything is done like speak to it and it'll help me fix it. I'm like, no, dude, here's a dictionary. Look well, at it. Here's the look word. It up. Here's the you synonym. Know, look it my, up. <laughs> my mom listens to this show. Hey, mom. And, uh, you know, one of the things she reminds me when I was a little boy, I'd sit back in my room doing homework and I'd yell to the kitchen, Mom, how do you spell encyclopedia? <laughs> she'd yell back, look it up, kid. You know, so That's it. yeah, uh, yeah no it's doubt. always good. I think your brain learns better that way. Also writing it down uh, versus just hearing it. So uh, having a dictionary is great. All right, Frank, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Any collector car on the planet today, but there are rules since I'm writing the check here. One is you can't sell it to outfit your garage or buy another bay or hire more people. You've got to keep it and drive it. No garage queens here. And it's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage. So what can I buy you, my friend? Well, this one was premiered at the Las Vegas Concourse recently, Ooh. and that is the 1938 Phantom, get your wallet open, one of one Corsair. Oh, yeah. I know <laughs> so if you're that, buying, yeah. I'm asking. Oh, I man. love that 38 Phantom Corsair. Yeah, beautiful, no kidding. beautiful design. No kidding. You are not a cheap date, my friend. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I've bought a lot of cars, 1,483 before you. So uh, what's another one? You know, I just get yeah. out the big fat cars. Yeah, checkbook and Right, one of those golfers checks. That's a beautiful car. It is a gorgeous part of history. Yeah. Yeah. For listeners, go Google that uh, and check it out. Read about it. It's absolutely brilliant. Fantastic car. Oh my gosh. Well, Frank, you've taken me on a fun ride. I knew this would be great. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the desert in that 38 Phantom Corsair? Show up with a smile, man. No matter what you do, every day is a new day. Show up with a smile. Absolutely. And what are some of the ways that uh, my listeners can learn more about you, your business, and, of course, Wrench Nation? Yeah, you know, um, Instagram, you can check out at your mechanic, you are mechanic, one word, you are mechanic. 
Ranch Nation, one word. Uh, we're all over social media there. I'd invite you to maybe check out our Facebook page, uh, as well as RanchNation.tv. Our website is kind of where we park our shows and, of course, all over uh, the podcasting realm. And currently we have three stations here in Arizona that air the show, and we're looking to go coastal, hopefully L.A. or New York, and that's uh, one of the goals for this year. So, uh, RanchNation.tv. There you go. Well, I'm going to strive to be as big time as you here on my <laughs> humble little No, sir. Yeah. I'm just honored to be hanging with you, Mark. Well, it's fine. Mark, it's- thank you so much. It's been great. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Rock the week. All right. It's been great. Thank you. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners. This is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.